0: So this afternoon, we're going to do some metta practice together. And um, I know Dhamma Ruan gave a pretty good overview a few days ago on metta. And I'll just say a couple of things and then we'll spend most of the time practicing. So I think that's really important. Uh, But I just want to reiterate a couple of things about the practice. Some of them were brought up in the Q&A this morning, as Lama Ruan was saying that um, without metta you can't get enlightened. And I think some way that's really accurate because without this sense of inner kindness in the mind, we really can't let go. Uh, We can't really open to sort of the, the most, you could say, unwell parts of the mind. Right? We have to meet that with a lot of kindness, the delusion, the hatred, the greed, the, all of that we meet with kindness. Um, so we work with it, training. So remi- remembering to do metta in the easiest way possible. Right, You want to sit in the most gentle way that you can sit. So if you need to shift your posture a little even right now, if you have excruciating pain somewhere, it's very difficult to send metta, receive metta, feel metta. Uh, this period you can kind of, you know, sit in a chair, or just in a way that's very gentle, whatever way feels comfortable for your body. And um, the idea is that we want to start to generate these feelings. So, you know, for some people, you know, they, they use the phrases and imagery. I really like that practice. At some point, you begin to develop the quality so much that, again, it could just be this warm-hearted energy. But I think for many of us, we're we're still, uh, I wouldn't say kindergarten, but I would say we're still, you know, developing, (laughs) walking, walking, learning (laughs) about how to practice metta, especially self-metta, love and compassion and kindness for oneself. Uh, So when we say love, we don't mean a a love as kind of like a a relationship, a relational type of love, maybe, what we think of as love in our culture. Really we're talking about this free kind of friendliness that's like the sun. It just shines. It's not bound up in restrictions, right? It's unconditional. Actually, very few of us actually know that quality of love. It's always kind of... uh, So uh, some teachers like to say friendliness. Kindness. So that's what we're generating here. For the next period of time while we practice, we're just generating inner friendliness, kindness directed at ourselves. So I always like to think of metta as kind of a little check in. Like, hi, how's it going in there? Like almost like that. How are you? Yeah, offering kindness. I want you to be well. I want you to be happy. Hope your body's feeling happy. I hope you're at peace. You know, it's that, and it, metta purifies uh, three things very, very intensely. I just want to mention them because they could arise in the course of the retreat, or they may be already arising. Probably have. Um, one is that uh, metta, the the quality. Usually, when we generate, when we do metta, what happens for many people is hatred comes. Right? It's say, like, may I be happy? I'll never be happy. You'll never be happy, right? This kind of inner hatred, or we start to think, I hate this practice. That's usually how it manifests. <laughs> I hate coming to meta. I hate how they say it. I I can't do it, right? Just just total aversion rises, right? We try to send self-love, and pure hate comes. People get very nervous. Or upset, but I think this is good. I think this is great. Yeah, that's what we're working with. Keep going. Right? I mean, you think about that. We're trying to send kindness, and hate comes. That is what is being purified with metta. Right? That aggressive side of the mind that doesn't want to be soft, doesn't want to be kind. And it's the samurai that's like, no. (laughs) They want to die on the sword, then be vulnerable or offer some kindness. So we meet that being okay, that's okay, it's no problem. The other one that comes is a very deep sorrow, a sadness. I had that a lot. It's a sadness that we sort of think about the times where we have not been kind, or it's like we've been away from ourselves for so long, or we get closer and closer. It's almost like a deep homesickness. Like, oh, we see our beautiful self, and then we think, it kind of breaks our heart that we've been... So harsh, or we've been away so long. You know, if you've ever traveled and then you get near your house, uh, people from other countries say that going home. You know, getting close, you might start crying. You get closer, like, ah, oh, this is where I'm from. It's a touching sorrow. It's kind of hard to explain, but it may arise for you. That's one of the things that it purifies. So, so as many tears may come. That's okay. We just let them come. We let them come. We let them go. It's part of it. Then the other one is something I've been mentioning, we've been mentioning, is that quality of being frozen. Nothing gets in. Some people say, spring I do meta. nothing happens. I feel nothing. I'm a stone. My heart is just encased. They often report feeling like there's this sort of uh, some hardness over their chest, like a, a steel plate. All of these things are what people have reported energetically. Not, it doesn't feel like anything's going in or anything's going out. And they feel that the practice has become fake. So they, I don't want to do it. It's fake. Right? So these are... It's not. The beautiful thing about that is we do have walls, very elaborate walls. And the metta is just something we just offer again and again. And what happens is, over time, it, it can uh, take down the bricks one by one, right? all the encasing that we have around our heart. Um, it starts to be dismantled. But sometimes it can take time. It can't just maybe happen on one one or two metas <laughs> sessions. It's a, a little bit of a process. But trust in the unfreezing that does happen over time. I've seen this on meta retreats many times. By sometimes the last day, someone was like, I feel it. I feel the love. I feel my own kindness. And it's a very beautiful moment. Uh, for them, because they actually know what it is that we're talking about, finally. Uh, so just uh, trust in your own process wherever you are. If you feel huge gushes of kindness in every direction, great. If you feel nothing, great. If you're angry, okay, great. If you're sad, great. You know, this is We just keep going, right? Planting the seeds uh, in that way. Inclining the mind toward uh, this wholesome quality uh, of care, connection, and friendliness. So we'll begin. I always like to do visualization, uh, often imaging, imagining myself. Sometimes young helps. I know Dhamma Ruan talked about child, seeing yourself as a child. That can be very helpful because it's easy to connect to that being. We have far less judgments of ourselves at three than we do now. right? We can see the beauty, we could see the we just see ourselves from a, a very different place. So if that's helpful, you can use that. Sometimes people say they have a problem visualizing and they say, I can't visualize. For everybody, just for one moment, I want you to remember what you had for lunch. And you see the salsa and the what was it? Chiliques or something? <laughs> 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 the bees? It's just like that. You saw it in your mind, right? Like, oh yeah, I had that and that, some salad. Visualizing, don't, it doesn't have to be strenuous. It's just kind of like a remembering. Yeah, you just kind of see yourself and you should just hold the image a bit. And so then we're going to work with, I'm going to offer some of the traditional phrases. If the words are too conceptual, just drop them and just feel the, the feeling. And if you feel the feeling of this kind of kindness or this loving energy, let it fill your body. Right? We just open to that. Right? We sit with that, sending it in different directions. This is a quality of heart that's called boundless, boundless metta, boundless compassion, boundless joy, boundless equanimity. These are the Brahma Viharas the heavenly uh, abodes, also translated into the, like a divine vehicle, heavenly vehicle. So when the mind's filled with kindness, you never want to get up, right? So there's power in that, and we sit longer. When we sit longer with kindness, concentration happens. When we're sitting longer periods with kindness and concentration, what do you think happens then? Insight, because we're present. Kindness becomes the ground for concentration, for well-being. Everything—it's very powerful. It's not just kind of cheesy, cheesy love practice, right? We might think of it. So it has a great power to it. It is the ground. So, so on that note, let's just uh, begin to practice here, and and just starting with taking some very deep breaths and and just settling into your body, and just as you breathe in, just. Offering some kindness to your body on the in-breath, and just friendliness. Imagine this, that you take a big breath in and a big breath out, that you're just breathing in this friendliness that's all around, just simple kindness. Breathing in metta breathing out metta and just notice even the effect on the body as you take in a breath and you just sort of breathing that intention in. Letting your body just soften in any place that's tight. You just slowly begin to let that relax. And then, as you just breathe in and out and you're just sitting, you just bringing an image of yourself to to your mind as you just hold an image. or if that's difficult, you can always put your hand on your heart or touch your hand. There's a way to direct energy, sort of a way we can feel something tangible. All right, so we touch our near, whatever feels right. We offer some touch as a way to, a direct way to uh, offer it, our kind wishes. So even if you feel nothing, it's the intention that's powerful. I intend to offer some friendliness, some kindness. And as you hold this image of whatever age, or it could be a photo you have on your refrigerator, or, just a picture of you, an image of you, in any any way that feels connective. It could be this moment. Just going to offer some kind words as a way to access this feeling. could call them affirmations or prayers or well wishes. And we just offer saying our name too as we offer. is helpful if you have a nickname, a name that evokes kind feelings, memories. It's good. we offer, may I be happy and peaceful. Or you could say, dear one, may you be happy and peaceful. We offer, may I be safe and protected. be safe and protected wherever I go in this world. May I be safe. may I be healthy and strong in this body offering the body some kindness if it's sick or injured something is hurting calling our attention we just offer our kindness may my body be healthy and strong and may I live with ease and well-being. May I live with ease and well-being, however life is at this time. And so taking your time here on your own for a bit, offering the phrases of kind, well wishes. The mind wanders, come back. If you feel like dropping the phrases and just feeling the, the tonality, that's also fine. But the phrases can point. They can point away into the feeling. holding the image as best you can as you offer. Whatever comes, we practice kindness to ourselves. staying connected as best you can. May I be happy and peaceful. May I be safe and protected healthy and strong in this body ease and well-being. And then we're going to expand this field of metta and work with one of our first categories that are traditional in the practice, in classical practice, and that is the category of a benefactor or a dear friend, someone who has been kind to you, or helpful to you in some way. It could be a teacher, could be someone you admire, maybe you don't even know, but His Holiness is often my benefactor. Or someone who is just an elder in your life, or it could even be a baby, or your dog, or your cat. We're going to practice developing this quality of friendliness by bringing them into our awareness but if you'd like to stay with yourself that's also fine might be sometimes helpful to bring in another flavor to kind of mm, amp it up a little so just bringing this person into your awareness and just getting a sense of them maybe seeing them in your mind and smiling or this as if they're right here with you. This being who is caring and loving towards you. Who gets you, you know, really understands you. And then as we have them here we just start to offer them the phrases and dear one, or dear friend, or you could say their name just as I want to be happy and peaceful may you be happy and peaceful I just offering taking our time mind wanders just come back when you can May you too, dear friend, be safe and protected. I'm just feeling the warmth and just wishing them well. May you be healthy and strong in your body And may you too live with ease and well-being. wishing them well as best you can last few moments here with them just any energy that you can generate in that direction even a tiny bit offering some kindness Too, dear friend, be happy and peaceful. May you too be safe and protected. May you be healthy and strong. to live with ease and well-being. we're going to just expand it out a little bit more to include some categories. Just thinking of all the animals on the planet, wishing them well. Someone said today they were doing metta for the, the guide dogs, the dogs that work with PTSD people. So thinking of all those beautiful animals helping. All the animals on this land, the birds and the squirrels and the, and the oceans and dolphins and whales. May all the animals be happy and peaceful We're just sending out some to the planet. All the beings in this land here are helping, all the IMS staff and cooks and yogis. May we all be happy and peaceful. Sending kindness to all the people in our communities, our dear loved ones, children, pets, co-workers. Sending kindness there. May our communities be happy and peaceful. And then as we end this session, just coming back to yourself for one final inner bow or a hug or high five or however, just appreciating the effort. And some offering a flower, always offer a flower, a lotus. And some gratitude. bowing to the inner Buddha Oh, that's really uh, very good. Everyone go like this. Good job. Meta can be hard sometimes. <laughs> so, I promised the other teachers they really wanted to make a few uh, minutes here at the end for questions since there seem to be a lot of questions uh, for Dhamma Ruan. He may not get to his typed out list of things, but so, so many were relating to Metta. So, we can take uh, some questions here, particularly you have them about the metta practice or aspects of the metta practice. Uh, and I just really want to uh, encourage people to incorporate a lot of metta into your your day. It's really, uh, really beautiful. You can do take a session or two while you're walking and do walking practice, saying the phrases. You could sit at the few minutes at the beginning of a sitting. You could take on a sitting or two a day and do it as a part of your, uh, as part of a practice so to start really working with it. It has a very powerful effect on concentration and on this inner sort of harmonizing the mind. It influences our Vipassana practice. So it goes together. So there's a little offering there. But if there's any questions about it, mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah and it's that's good.
0: we and it's me and the animals and it's we, and it gets to be a bigger and bigger radiation. And I'm still in it. Yeah. If I don't use we and I just do you, I lose it. Yeah, using we is great. And and what's really beautiful about the opportunity, each teacher will be presenting the the way that they'd use the metaphrases. I think we is great, may we all be happy and peaceful, may you know, including yourself is always great. You and your benefactor. As we work with the categories, it's meant that we expand. It starts with ourselves, our dear friends, you know, I, I know many of you have, you have done metta, um, and then it goes on to uh, neutral people, difficult people, all beings, and then you can keep in- including yourself. That's great. Each teacher will present a different way of doing it. Each will say, I'd like to do it like this, I'd like to do it like that. But the idea is that we're generating, have a good friend who teaches metta. He will only teach it where he has everybody imagine all these puppies, and then for a long time you see the puppies, and they will even have these little pictures, right, like (laughs) calendar, you know those calendars, and you go, oh, (laughs) like a bowl of kittens, and I mean, how cute, right? Who wouldn't wish well for that? And he's like, okay, exhibit A, now wish well, and then everyone's like, he's like, that's love, now let's expand it, you know, and it's really, it's great, you know, it's like, wow, this is good. Joseph, very simple, very classical, right? You know, each teacher will come and they'll offer it. Uh, Annie will do it her way, Rebecca. So you'll have a, a lot of different ways that you can practice metta. There's not one way. Some people, one phrase will be enough. Some people will make up their own phrases. What I offer today was some of the traditional phrases. But you might just say, oh, I care about myself or love or kindness. It's it's going to be your own internal practice. So I love saying we too. So thank thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so from the different ways different teachers have taught it, some have done like just visualization, some have done a mixture of like all three at the same time, felt sense, uh, the phrase, and the visualization. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if. Uh, since you're using like more parts of your brain at one time when you're doing all three at the same time, are you getting like maybe a triple dose of methane? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know they're all working and all those are being stimulated by the root intention. And so then I didn't know if- Well, that's, I think, a good question. He was saying, you know, you're doing a lot. With metta, it can seem busy. That's one of the complaints. They got the person, then I have the feeling, and then I'm saying the phrases. It's like a, you know, we're dancing here, right? One of the benefits of that is we develop concentration. You'll notice metta is sort of a jhana. Practice is often taught through metta. One, because it creates the happiness in the mind, which is good, and then it creates that the more you visualize the person, the more phrases... The mind, can—it it's too narrow. It gets very still. It can at times. Um, so it is a concentration practice, actually. So sometimes it's taught here. We're really not teaching it for the intense concentration benefit. One could do a, a meta-retreat and get that because you're saying the phrase all day long. You're even eating, even stepping, even showering, it's like metaphrases, that really develops the mind. If one keeps coming back, keeps coming back. It's hard to hold a visualization. It's a practice of mind, the more you hold it, this clearer and clearer, but it's kind of a challenge. It's like working out a little bit. Right? First we have it and then it disappears. So it is, it develops that. But it's only the feeling tone of the meta that gives you the feeling. So you can, sometimes people... Let me rephrase that. Sometimes people think if they say the more phrases, they get more out of it. May I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be... And the quality is not there. right? And that's okay. You know they're saying it. That has some benefit, just actually saying it. has some... I read somewhere in the vasudhi some benefit. But it's the feeling, even if you just say it once, may I be happy, and your heart feels it, that's way better than an hour of just may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be safe, may I be healthy. Yeah, it's better to have the quality. So what we're looking for is the feeling tone. Yeah, the feeling. So I don't know if that's helpful. No, yeah. Yeah, thank you. you, Yes, in the back. Um, I get confused because um, you talk about metta as this other thing, like do it at the beginning of your practice or dedicate one sitting to metta. I'm not sure when my practice doesn't. Yeah, yeah, that's so the, so the distinction is getting confusing. Um, Yeah, then don't worry so much about that. You can just be continuous, exactly. At some point, all these practices, what we're calling practice, even when we come here, we say, "Now it's sitting practice, right It's that we use a lot of dualistic language, a lot of compartmentalization. Now we're doing yogi job practice, now we do walking, but eventually it becomes living in the present moment with an open heart. Right? We're done. <laughs> but that, So for a while we, we, we have to kind of go, now let's generate love, everyone. Let's sit down and we do it, right? It's like we're sort of, we're training wheels in some level. But as we go along, what happens is you, those of you who have been practicing a lot, if he comes by the end of the retreat, a seamless flow. You sit down, we feel loving kindness, we're doing mindfulness, we're feeling the body, and there's just this flow, of happening, and it's not so much that we're deciding to do different practices. But at this time, what we do is we enter into doing different practices as a way to incline the mind. It's like ingredients for a cake. We're putting them all in right now. Right? A little of this, a little of that. At one point, we'll bake a big souffle or something. <laughs> so yeah, you, you don't have to, you can just practice seamlessly and... and just be doing it while you're doing vipassana. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, in front. Mm-hmm. I uh, experienced some of that sorrow that you mentioned mm-hmm. um, over you know, a few weeks. I was just wondering if you have any suggestions on Yeah. Well, you know, uh, sorrow and grief and sadness is a big part of our practice. It comes at times. Um, and meta often meta can be a trigger for a deep la- layer of that as we sort of meet ourselves again in the present moment. And a lot of times, you know, the work that we do, uh, my teacher Jack in California always says, when you come on retreat, it's the unfinished business of the heart that takes over, right? So all the unfinished pieces and the grief that we might not have felt that we haven't really dealt with, it just starts to unfold. Again, it's this purification, uh, this kind of organic way. Mostly what we can bring to that is compassion. So when you're grieving or when you feel sorrow, it doesn't really feel appropriate to go, may I be happy, right? And we're feeling this intense sorrow, you know, like, well, this doesn't quite fit. So metta turned towards suffering is compassion. So the phrase then may switch to, may I I care about this suffering, or may I be free of this suffering? May I open to this suffering? That's a way to soften into the experience, sort of non-resistance, okay? Here's sadness. It's arisen. And can I just be with it to let it move through?" So that's a way we work with it with a lot more compassion for the difficulties. And metta can, we can go through a layer of sorrow with metta because something about when we see our innocence and our beauty, it touches us in a deep way and then there's some kind of regret. It's almost like a regretful, like we see a radiance in there and we're like, Oh my God, I've been so harsh. And just, it can make tears. Yeah, it's kind of like we see our own holiness on some level. a like glimpse it, like something really pure in there, and then we feel sadness that we didn't before. We we acted out in ways that were harming ourselves. So that yeah, can be a, a process. It's impermanent though, but it is a layer. You know, it rises and passes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, just a related oh. question. Yeah. Um, Dhamma Raman said that we would be working with Karuna, and Nidita, mm-hmm. and Deepika as well, I'm curious about, I know there's this emphasis on metta, um, but in terms of like the seamlessness that you were talking about, um, is there, do you suggest like also picking a time for these different practices throughout the day, or um, is there a way that you suggest cultivating those, or, or will there be? Yeah, that's a good question. So she mentioned that Dhamma One was going to, we are going to be talking about all four of the Brahma Viharas. so compassion, uh, joy, and equanimity. We'll start to weave those in by the weeks. We start off with the ground of metta. Yeah, and what you'll see is these are all flavors that we're pointing to. So when we start to open to karuna, compassion, we'll ask you to take on that a little bit when there's suffering in the mind, right? And then, as we move into joy, it'll be like, when there's joy in the mind, right, we'll, we'll start pointing to these things, but again, they're all flavors of the the heart, right, and they arise at one moment, or we, we cultivate them during certain moments, like we turn toward them a little bit, we drop them in, equanimity will be the last one, right, so how can, can we sit with both joy and sorrow, right, so it's like, oh, let's open to that, so it's like almost like a diamond, and we just turn the lens a little bit like this. Right, and all of them are aspects of kindness. Actually, right, they're aspects of the heart. So, so we will emphasize each one on those weeks, and then you'll be able to practice them as you see is 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 good, encouraging. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm noticing how every time we do this as a, a group, the energy is so much stronger than when I do it on my own, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I have quite concentration when I do it on my own, but I always feel it's, it's there's some something about the collective energy of us doing it together. Yeah. And I just wonder if you have anything to mm-hmm. say about that. Or I guess I see there's a part of me that wishes I could. Have that. Have this <laughs> 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 right. So, <laughs> so, this, that so this is best. just... <laughs> yeah, Sister Joel is saying that, wow, it's so different in a group, right? The energy of the meta is sweeter, or it's more powerful, or you just feel it, you know? It's like, And then it's different on, when we're alone. It's kind of like a little dry, right? So meta, you know, it's, a, it's like there's an image of, a, you know those cars from the 20s? And they used to have a crank on them, and somebody would crank it up, and then, you, I mean, I never saw one, but in old movies, you jump in and take off. Meta is kind of like this crank, we're always we kind of... So it is easier in a group because there's a collective intention. And then when a core group, say half a group, really feels the metta, there's something we feel in that. We feel the warmth of those sitting around, the kindness. You know, we, So we can tune into that, it's sort of like grows a little field. Uh, on metta retreats, people report that all the time, like, wow, there's something in the room even, everyone feels it. So we just do our best, you know. But you can do it in here a lot for all of us, Jewel. <laughs> we'll feel it. But you're right, on our own, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. When I'm alone and I do metta, one of the things I like to use is for pictures. So I have pictures of my teachers, pictures of myself as I'm a child, if I'm doing systematic metta. That can be very helpful to see your own image, right? That can keep a connection, right? So we're using the images of great masters or... The Buddhas or Kuan Yin that can help you stay connected again, but it's true. <laughs> so thank you. So I think we'll stop there. It's time for walking. Thank you, everyone. We might do a meta walk and see how that is moving. So. Thank you for listening.